Hi guys, happy Monday. I want to apologize in advance for my horrible voice. I woke up a little bit sick this morning, but you know, the message of the Lord is so much more powerful than me losing my voice. So I am super excited because this is actually the second part of Is Anger a Sin? And uh, just to do a little recap, last week we spoke about how anger is not a sin. It's just an emotion, an emotion that you can control. So one of the questions that I ask is, are you controlling your anger or is the anger controlling you? And basically, how does that look like? And then today we will be speaking about how to reconcile with your brothers and sister. And so... And this is based off of the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 21 through 26. I'm going to pick up where I left off last week, which is verses 23 through 26. And it says, So if you are offering your gift on the altar, and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Reach a settlement quickly with your adversary while you're on the way with him to the court. Or your adversary will hand you over to the judge and the judge to the officer and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out of there until you have paid the last penny. Before I get into it and break it down, I would like to enter us into prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I want to thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to even speak on your word, Father, for trusting me enough to speak to others about what I have been learning through your beautiful living word. Father God, I pray that you open our hearts to you, our minds, our soul, and our spirit, and for us to truly understand what you are teaching us today. Father, we also ask for wisdom and knowledge through these times, and may your word transform us internally and externally we love you jesus and we're beyond grateful for you in your name we pray amen all righty so i want to break it down and it says i'm going to read it one more time and it says so if you are offering your gift on the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you leave your gift there in front of the altar first go and be reconciled with your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift So I'm going to stop right there before I continue. I find it so crazy that sometimes and I'm and I'm guilty of this, to be honest, but sometimes we think that God values more what we do for him than what we do for others. And we forget that one of the things that he actually calls us to do is to serve those around us which involves the people we don't like but it also involves our family our friends it involves absolutely everybody and so oh my voice left and so here jesus is telling us that jesus is actually considering it far more important to be reconciled to a brother and by the way brother doesn't necessarily mean blood Remember, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. So for him, he considers it far more important to be reconciled to a brother than to perform a religious act. It's not about what you do for him. Because when you serve others, you are serving God. When you reconcile with others, that's a form of reconciliation 
with God because he's sending you to do that, right? We can't think that our service to the Lord justifies having bad relationship with others. When you have a good relationship with Christ, it will bleed into your relationship with others, or it should at least. I know that, which is funny because I actually had this conversation with my daughter last week. So me and her actually go to a woman's group that our friend Lizzie actually hosts and she's amazing and incredible. And my daughter, she was like, well, I don't get it because the closer I get to God, the angrier and the more annoyed I get. And so we all go through this process of purification where it may seem like we are getting angry when in reality is God showing you your shortcomings. And so the, the, the closer we get to God, the more the world will irritate our spirit because we are fighting eternally our flesh. And so when we see worldly things, it's not that we're like, oh, ew. It's like you are fighting that temptation of what you used to feel that it is normal. You're finally like that bandage has been lifted off from your from your eyes so you are able to see and so now it's that constant bickering within yourself where you're like oh you know what i i used to do that and it angers you because it reminds you of who you were before christ but in the moment you won't realize it you won't even see it that way you will actually almost like blame the other person and be like, oh, I can't believe they're doing that. But in reality, they are a reflection of what your flesh used to be. Sometimes that can bleed into a relationship. And so I was telling her, it's not necessarily that they're annoying you. It's that they are a reminder of who you used to be. And that annoys you. Because before, and she said, well, I didn't, it didn't annoy me before. And I'm like, exactly. Because it's a reflection of who you used to be and now you're fighting that internally and I went through it and my husband he's like oh the closer you get to God the more irritated you are the more this this and that and obviously that hurt because you don't want to affect negatively your your family or your friends you want them to see the love of God and so when they they see the opposite of that is because we are not handling it God's way we're handling it our way right and so that shows that sometimes we can still be proud in our anger and leave God's response a godly response behind and act in a worldly response which is I'll ignore you I don't want to talk to you you know what I'm gonna do what's best for me myself and I and sometimes God will tell you but I don't want you to do that I want you to continue serving them. Have boundaries. Yes, God is big on boundaries because one of the things that he tells us is to protect our hearts. And how do we do that with boundaries? Boundaries are a fence. They're not a wall. See, boundaries are meant for good things to stay in and bad things to stay out. A wall, nothing can come in or out. And so if you're having bad relationships with others and you're not understanding it, Ask God, what am I doing? That's not okay. And so when we don't settle our anger quickly, we become prisoners, prisoners of it. And that's basically what he continues to say. He says, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother or sister and then come to offer your gift. For him, it's so much more important for us to 
apologize, find a, a, um, a mutual ground and continue, right? Because he says, reach a settlement quickly with your adversary while you're on the way to him to the court or your adversary will hand you over to the judge and the judge to the officer and you will be thrown into jail or prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out of there until you have paid the last penny. See, we go through that. We experience the emotion. Our behavior shifts. And lastly, we are verbally abusive. And that's what happens when we allow the anger to fester, right? But if you're going to go up to God and say, God, please forgive my sins. But yet you are allowing the anger to fester in you and you're not forgiving someone. Jesus is telling you, leave whatever you are offering me. I need you to humble yourself. I need you to go back and be reconciled with whoever you have a problem with. And then come and offer me your gift. Settle that anger quickly. Settle it because you need to be reconciled with whoever you're having issues with because then how are you going to ask God to forgive you, to be reconciled with you and say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I have sinned and I, and I have betrayed you again. And then expect God to be like, yeah, but, you know, I, I forgive you. But yeah, you aren't, are unable to do that with the person that betrayed you. You betray God all the time when you sin, but yet when someone sins against you, you're all high and mighty and you want to act like God and say they don't deserve it. When you don't reach a settlement quickly with your adversary while you're on the way to him to court, court is basically life, right? You have two options. You can forgive and continue or hold on to your grudge and stay stuck. And that's what he's talking about. If you are reaching a settlement with this person and you're letting it go, and mind you, sometimes people don't want to settle their matters quickly. And I ask God because my husband's the type of person that when he gets angry, he needs time and space. But I'm the type of person that when I get angry, nah, we go and talk about it until we feel better, both of us, and we, we find a solution for it. So two different responses to the same thing. And so I told him no, because, you know, the Bible says that we have to settle on matters quickly. We cannot fall asleep in our anger. And he was like, no, I need my time and space. You need to respect that. So here comes the tricky part. Sometimes you have to reconcile with your... Uh, brother or sister or in this case your spouse through God first in order for you to go to him or to them and the way you do that is not by telling God God change them they need to learn blah 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 no it's humbling yourself and telling God God change me in this situation show me where I am failing where I am falling short show me what I need to do better in order for my husband to feel comfortable enough for us to fix this issue or my spouse to 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 do this and it's because of the fact that sometimes we will demand something from our spouse but we won't do it ourselves so we don't practice what we preach and so i'm gonna give you a couple of um i'll give you three ways that you can actually let go. The first one is reconciliation. The definition of it is to restore to friendship or harmony. 
reconciliation doesn't even mean that you have to continue that relationship with that person. It just means that it needs to be full of harmony and grace. It just means that there's nothing there, no anger there. There's nothing. It's just pure harmony. God's presence is peace. There's peace there. Why? Because you guys made matters clear how they felt, how you felt. You guys reached a common ground. And that common ground could be you continue your relationship with that person. Or that common ground can be like, hey, I respect you. I know you respect me. But we can't continue doing this. And that's okay. It happens. The second one is forgiveness. Forgiving what happened is so important. Forgiveness isn't an emotion. It's actually a decision. Sometimes you have to make the decision to forgive someone, but your emotions may not follow. When I got divorced from my ex-husband, I bought a book called Forgiving What You Can't Forget. If you guys haven't read that book, I highly recommend it. It's so good. Um, but anyways... I, there was a lot of things that I had to forgive because I'm going to be very, very honest. I went through a lot of things where um, I didn't get along with his family sometimes. But there was a specific family member that I, I just couldn't. And I got so angry. And actually, funny enough, I was in a prison because I was so angry all the time whenever I would hear her name whenever I would see a picture or whenever he would bring it up like hey like we're gonna do this with this person and I was like oh no I, to the point that I would insult that person in front of my ex-husband and be like oh this person is this this and that and Obviously, that would hurt that, per uh, you know, my ex-husband because that person was family. And so what I learned is that I was not forgiving. Again, I set an expectation on how things should have been. And sometimes our expectations actually lead us to disappointment because our expectations aren't godly filtered. They are flesh filtered. For me, that was very hard. And so when me and him got divorced, I realized that there was a lot of things that I needed to work on within myself. And as I'm reading this book, those situations kept popping up. And there's a part in the book where the author is saying that she prays, God, I made the decision to forgive this person, but I pray that my feelings would follow. In other words, You can make the decision to forgive someone, but not necessarily. Your feelings may not be compatible with your decision in the moment. Sometimes you got to pray it. Pray it and speak it and speak it into it. Like, you know, I forgive this person. I may not feel it, but I will feel it eventually. And sometimes you got to forgive the same person over the same thing every single day. Uh, forgiving is allowing your anger to be justified in a, in a positive manner. It is you controlling it rather than the anger controlling you. That's what it really is. That's what forgiveness is. It's more for you than it is for the other person. Does it set the other person free? Oh, of course. But it also sets you free. You're not holding on to something that will lead you to death. Remember, if you allow anger to control you, you will, your actions won't necessarily be the best actions. <laughs> okay? Most likely, you will sin 
through that anger. Why? Because you're not in your right mind. You're not thinking clearly. You're allowing the anger to control you rather you controlling it. Uh, number three is letting it go and moving forward. Allow yourself to mourn whatever you have lost, but also celebrate what you have gained. Whenever you are angry, and again, you can reconcile with someone, but not necessarily does that mean that you'll have a relationship with that person. You can reconcile, but not have that relationship. Remember, reconciliation equals peace. Sometimes your peace may be by losing that one person that you thought that you never would have lost. You have to allow yourself to mourn. Feel the anger, but control it. How do you control it? Give it to God. How do you give it to God? Talking about it to him and community. You can talk to someone that you know that is godly and that will lead you closer through uh, to God and will allow God to speak to you through them. I know that when I got divorced, I, again, it was a lot of anger in there and a lot of things that I had to heal. I mourned the death of myself and the death of what I thought a family was going to look like. I had to mourn a lot of things. And let me tell you, for a good minute, actually for a really good, good minute, I made even more mistakes because, I one, I didn't want to grieve, and two, I allowed the hurt, the anger to control me rather than me controlling it. And it led me to do uh, a lot of things that I'm not proud of and, and allowed me to make a lot of mistakes that instead of pushing me closer to God, it actually pushed me further away and it led me to sin more than once and so when you actually let go of something or someone and you allow yourself to move forward even when it feels like you're losing I want you to know you're winning it can't bruh I can tell you you can be in the ground and be like god I'm losing everybody. I'm losing my house. I'm losing my job. I'm losing my husband. I'm losing my wife or I'm losing my kids. And I promise you, God will work out everything for your greater good. God can turn what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. What about if things weren't falling apart? What about if they were falling into place? What if things weren't falling apart, but they were falling into place? You see, there's a song, it's a worship song, and it says, something has to break. Something has to break in order for God to move. And trust me, God, for us, it's breaking. For God, it's readjusting. And why? Because for him, it's not breaking. He's transforming something that could break us, but he's transforming it into something that is going to benefit us, and it's going to help us give it to god and he will take care of the rest y'all when you tell god i don't want it i want you to take care of it y'all better buckle up because you're about to be in the right of your life because god will take you through loop to loops he will like i don't know if you guys all live in florida or not but here in florida there's a, an attraction called velocicoaster and 
it launches you. It launches you at a speed that's so fast that it doesn't even let you breathe. And that's kind of how God works. God will launch you really quickly, and he will make you go through things where you're like, I don't know if I can do it. And it's not that you can't do it. It's that you're able to do it because God is leading you to it. He's going to lead you through it, and he's going to lead you out of it. Why? Because there's certain things that you need to learn in order to grow. We cannot grow out of something that does not stretch us. It just doesn't happen. God will stretch you in order to use you. Why? Because when you say, God, I give it to you, he will take care of it. And sometimes by take care, taking care of it, it's taking care of you. And sometimes the way he takes care of you is stretching you, purifying you. And on top of that, revealing to you the things that are actually not serving you. Reconciliation means restoring it to harmony. Two, forgiveness. When you truly forgive someone, you're actually letting go. And your emotions don't have to follow in the moment. But pray that they will. Sometimes you got to forgive multiple times every single day in order for that to happen. And three, letting it go and moving forward. Even when it feels like you're losing, you're actually winning. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I gotta admit, guys, I look forward to these episodes each week. I find it so refreshing to not only just talk to you guys about things that I'm learning with God, but also I find it so refreshing, like hearing your feedback, seeing how it has impacted you guys and how God's working in your life. So I truly do. If you guys want to DM me at youareworthypodcast underscore in Instagram, I would love to hear your feedback. What other topics you guys would love to hear from me through um, through this podcast? Because there's so many topics to speak about. So I'm actually going to, starting next week, I am going to be posting a, a devotional every single a devo every single day and the devotional that i'm going to be reading from is called the reason for the season it's a christmas devotional series by pastor jim simbala and it's just a good reminder to remember what we why are we celebrating christmas what is it truly about so just stay tuned because starting next tuesday i will be posting one devo every single day on top of every single Monday having the actual podcast episode. And so Christmas on the 25th, uh, the day of Christmas, you'll have my bonus episode plus the actual regular podcast episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this and I hope I continue to walk with you guys and have a blessed week. I love you guys. Peace out.